We have the privilege today to be in the presence of the God who invites us to rest in Jesus uh, for the cares of this life and for our future eternal life. So how do we do that? Well, first we, re- we rest in the Lord as we obey him. Uh, we find the true power of Christ in our life when we dedicate ourselves to him to follow his will in our life. We come to know the fullness of God as we come together in community as other Christ followers. Secondly, we come to rest in the Lord and experience his power in living when we are led by the Spirit of God. Giving up what we want and seeking to do what God wants in our life brings real joy and contentment. And so today I'm inviting you to just rest and and let your hearts and your minds Uh, be in the presence of God for these few moments together. Let's pray together. Lord, bring us together today from the places where we have been all week, work, traveling, school, shopping, taking care of our families, from any of the places that have caused an emotional distance from you, and unite us in this time of worship. Let your spirit rest upon those who are are ill today, upon those who are brokenhearted, on those who are discouraged and those who are far from you. Lift us up as we sing, as we hear your word proclaimed so that we may know the comfort that you intend for all of your people through the one we call Messiah and the gladness that comes as we serve you with all of our heart. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Well, you know, we've been on a journey together. as Christ followers have done for over 2,000 years, seeking to celebrate once again the birth of Christ at Christmas. And our journey this year has been looking at the Christmas story through the eyes of Charles Schultz's great character, Charlie Brown. The first week we heard how Charlie Brown was searching for meaning and purpose in his life and discovering that we will only find that meaning and purpose when we uh, rest in God and in that connection Uh, with God. And then the second week, we talked about how Charlie Brown's friend Lucy advised him uh, that he needed to be more in control and how that's really a big issue for many of us. We want to be in control of our lives and that often inhibits our relationship with God because we find meaning and purpose only when we give up control and give that control to God who can uh, lead us. And today we're going to be hearing from Snoopy, Charlie Brown's faithful companion, and learn that all the things that Snoopy wanted out of the season uh, were temporary things and would never lead to ultimate joy and fulfillment. So these are all lessons, if taken seriously, that can have an impact on our Christmas celebration. And we'll have one more next week on how to experience the peace that Christ Uh, gives like we've never known before. So we hope you'll be here for that. Pray Pray with me, will you? God of all mystery, whom we have glimpsed in Jesus Christ, extend your presence and your spirit to each of us this day. Draw us deeper into a relationship with you and sustain us by your steadfast love and faithfulness. And may our worship today proclaim that you are our Lord. And we pray it all in Christ's name. Amen. Charlie Brown's search for the true meaning of 
Christmas led him in many directions. What he was looking for was something that would make him happy. But it goes beyond happiness. Charlie Brown was looking for joy. He was looking for contentment. Something that will not just fill his Christmas, but his entire life. No one that Charlie Brown encounters seems happier than his dog, Snoopy. Snoopy shows Charlie Brown and all of us what many people do during the Christmas season to be happy. The first thing Snoopy does is to decorate his doghouse. Many of us decorate our homes, don't we, during this holiday season to try and get that Christmas spirit. We will set up trees, put candles in the windows, struggle to untangle all the lights in order to, uh, to make ourselves and others happy. In the movie, not only is Snoopy decorating his house for himself, he's doing it to win a prize. He wants the attention, he wants the approval of others. And I wonder how many people today decorate their homes because they really enjoy decorating or because they're seeking the approval of family or neighbors. I can think of many of the places where we've lived over the years. There have been some that have, uh, where we felt like we were the only ones in the neighborhood who were not decorating their home at Christmas. I've seen neighbors and others in the communities where we've lived go to elaborate lengths to decorate you know, the outdoor trees, string icicles, lights along the roof edge, put lights in the shrubs, light, lighted reindeers and snowmen in the yard, candles in each window, a wreath and a colored light on the front door, all of those things. And you know what I'm talking about, sometimes elaborate and expensive decorations. Sometimes we do decorate just for the pure joy of it, and Christmas just brings out the best in us. So our creativity and our energy come out. At other times, we don't feel like we have much choice. We feel pressured into doing it because all the neighbors are doing it. We don't want to be the neighborhood Grinch. We don't want others to think less of us, so we do, do it for approval and acceptance. But you know, decorating doesn't always make us happy, and decorations don't stay up forever. At some point, we have to take them down. We have to pack them away, and then it feels a little dark. It feels a little empty when it's all gone. The happiness that all the tinsel and the glitter brings doesn't last. So once again, Snoopy's doghouse is decorated, but then he turns to something else to be happy, and he turns to dining. Now, this is going to hit close to home for some of us, but let's be honest, we all turn to food, don't we? This time of year to make us happy, that's why we make and we eat so many Christmas cookies and Many families, uh, in many families, there are certain foods that we only make this time of year, and when we eat them, that makes us happy. Maybe it's some kind of special Christmas bread or a peppermint stick ice cream or your favorite meal, but certain foods make us happy because they remind us they taste like Christmas. But too much of this happiness will not help us to be content or happy once January rolls around and we step on the scale and realize that we've gained 10 pounds. See, all the happiness disappears pretty quickly and then we feel miserable, we feel frustrated with ourselves and struggle to take off those pounds because food ultimately doesn't satisfy. So Snoopy turns to one final means of happiness and that's dancing. And we also turn to entertainment this time of year to find happiness. We stand in line to be at the latest uh, release of a Christmas movie. We stand in line to make sure we get tickets for our favorite concert. Uh, we look for another party, another game, another 
dance, so to speak, in order to stay happy. The entertainment world, though, doesn't bring lasting happiness. And so the search goes on. See, decorating and dining and dancing are three things that many people turn to in order to be happy in this season, but they just don't last. And that's why January is often a dark and depressing month for some people. Now, please don't leave here today and say that Rod said we shouldn't decorate our homes, bake cookies, or attend concerts or movies. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that if we look to those things or anything else that this world has to offer to bring us lasting joy, we're going to be let down. Decorations and dining and dancing and the happiness they bring just don't last. The pleasures they provide are temporary and tied into what's happening around us, and they don't bring abiding joy. So whether we always can articulate it or not, a lot of us are looking for something more, something that will last, something that will endure and actually help us get through the rough times in our life. What we need is not happiness. What we need is joy. You know, rejoice is a command given to us over and over again in the Bible, and yes, it is a command. And I want you to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning with verse 12. And this is the Apostle Paul's last words of advice to the church in Thessalonica. And he drives home the point by saying, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. I love his words here. Always be joyful. God is commanding us to be joyful. It's not a suggestion. It doesn't say, why don't you try being joyful. It doesn't say, I suggest to you that you be joyful. It says, always be joyful. Because it's a command, joy must be possible for all of us. Because God is not going to tell us to do something that can't be done. Certainly, God is not going to command us over 300 times in Scripture to be joyful if joy is not a possibility for us. If joy is possible at all times, then it cannot be tied to what's happening around us. It must come from someplace else. And this ability to be joyful is possible in all circumstances, not just when things are going well, not just when we're getting our own way, but always. And if we're only joyful when things are going well, then it's not real joy, it's just happiness. Happiness is tied to our circumstances. Joy is an attitude of the heart that endures and stays with us and within us even when the things happening around us may be difficult. In James chapter 1, beginning of verse 2, the apostle says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind 
come your way. Consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. The writer is telling us to consider it pure joy whenever we face trials of many kind, be, uh, kinds because we know that the testing of our faith produces perseverance, a lasting quality. Joy is what carries us through the tough times in our life because joy is the understanding and the conviction and the certainty that God is in control, that God is with us. Psalm 5 also shows us how to find this kind of joy. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy. For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. So what's it mean to take refuge in God so that we can find that joy? Jesus said in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. So when we remain in Jesus, when we give ourselves to him and when we strive to walk with him each and every day, we are taking refuge in God and the joy will follow because joy is one of the fruits of God's spirit. Uh, we know it will develop and remain in us when we allow the spirit of God to dwell in us. So we experience joy not by turning to the things of the world or even turning to ourselves, but daily turning to God to receive his love. And for many of us, this is where the problem comes in. It's hard for us to trust that God really loves us. It's hard for us to place our lives fully in God's hands when we keep wondering how God can love a person like me. We can see God uh, love for others. We can see God reaching out and caring for people around us, but many of us still question whether or not God can love me with all my doubts, with all my problems, with all my sin. I'm not sure what we can do to increase our understanding of God's love for us because the word of God can't be any clearer. God says to us over and over again in scripture how much he loves us, so I'm not sure we can do anything to make that clearer. Maybe what we need is just to hear the message more often. There's a cute story about a little girl who every month went on a date with daddy. And one month their date was just to go out to breakfast. And after ordering the meal, dad started to tell this little girl how special she was, um, how much love and joy she had brought into their life and how proud they were of her and how much he and mom loved her. And when their food came and the dad picked up his fork and started to eat, the little girl reached over and touched her dad's hand and said, longer, daddy, longer. So he put down his fork again and kept telling her how special she was and how much he and mommy loved her. And again, he picked up his fork to start eating when the little girl reached over her hand a second time and said, longer, daddy, longer. So again, the father put down his fork and told the daughter how much he loved her. And every time he went to pick up his fork, that little girl said, longer, daddy, longer. He said they didn't eat much that day. But the little girl got what she needed. She knew how much her mother and father loved her. 
And I think there are times when we need to say to God, longer, Daddy, longer. And then sit and listen to the word of God say over and over again to us how much God loves us. From the beginning to the end of the Bible, we hear the story of God's love for us and how God reaches out again and again to say to us, I love you. And when that little girl heard her daddy talk about how much he loved her, she knew she could trust him. And she grew to trust him more and more every day. The more we hear about God's love for us, the more we will be able to trust God and find refuge in God, which helps us to experience the joy that he offers. See, God's unconditional love was even seen on the night of Jesus' birth. The first people who heard about the birth of Jesus were a group of shepherds on the hillside around Bethlehem. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people, the Savior, yes, the Messiah. The Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Now, some of you already know the shepherds were not the most respected group of people in that society. They weren't the most religious, they weren't the most faithful, they weren't the most trustworthy. But guess what? They were the first to hear the good news of great joy. And the angels didn't tell them they had to clean up their act before they could go and find the baby lying in the manger. And that means that we too can come to God just the way we are. God doesn't require us to clean up our act, to change before he'll love us. He loves us first, and then he allows that love to change us and fill us with joy. God's love for us is unconditional. That means that we can rejoice always, as the psalmist said, sing joyful praises forever. Because of God's love for us, we can experience joy at all times, in all places. God's love doesn't depend on the things that are going on around us. It doesn't depend on things going well or not well. It's always available, which means joy can be experienced in every circumstance. And even when we're in trouble, even when we're in danger, God is there. God is there to bring us joy. Look again at Psalm 5, verse 11. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy. God doesn't keep us from experiencing pain in our life. We will go through some hardships in this life. We will go through suffering. But when we do, God's protection and God's presence is there so that even in those times, we can experience joy. The joy in these moments comes from knowing that God is with us, that his strength and his power and his love will see us through. So let me ask you, what's holding you back from experiencing the joy that God has to offer today? What's keeping you from being content and causing you to keep searching for something that's going to make you happy? 
See, during this hectic season of the year, don't look for joy in the decorations and in the dining and in the dancing. Don't look for joy in any of the, of the things that the world has to offer. But look for it in God's unconditional love and take refuge in him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we live in a world where the security that we once seemed to enjoy has eroded away and the dark clouds of unknowing seem to be looming on the horizon everywhere. And all that seemed to be so secure and reliable has turned to dust in our hands and evaporated like the morning mist. But Lord, we praise your name that we can entrust our future into your safekeeping, knowing that your love surrounds us, your grace is sufficient no matter how dark the circumstances of our life may appear. So we thank you, Lord, that you hold the world in the palm of your hand. And in you we are safe. Thank you that we are accepted and loved by the Father. And thank you, Lord, that no danger may overtake any of your children that is, that is outside of your knowledge. And that which will not be, uh, and, and which will not be used to, to just fulfill a just and glorious purpose that will bring honor to you. Keep our hearts from unnecessary fretting, from worry, from, and in the power of your spirit, may we build ourselves up in faith by walking in the way of righteousness. May we learn day by day to prevent our eyes from focusing on the trials and the tribulations that are around us in our lives and in our world, but rather help us to look to Jesus, knowing that in all things, he is the victor, and we are secure in him. Thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.